All right, here we are. The postseason recap of the shit that we were forced to watch uh, all year. Um, I didn't do anything on last week because I, I couldn't couldn't really wrap my head around what I was seeing. It was like a tale of two seasons with a strange interlude in between. Um, this team... It's a very strange feeling. I had one feeling going, you know, by the by, I don't know, fifteen games left to go. I I believed I knew this team and I knew what they were, and a lot of what they were is just a soft team without a whole lot of a whole lot of fight in them and a lot of uh, there's not a lot of gusto. Um, they didn't. Then then the kids started playing. It was like a different team. They got up and down the floor. They they were able to make shots. They got on the ground. They defended. They they you know looked like a team that was hungry, and that was that was nice to see. Um, but we have got to be realistic about the the state of this franchise right now. I don't know whether or not Kemba will come back or whether he will leave. I mean, nobody knows except for him and maybe his mom. Um, but we there, there's this weird thing that I'm hearing on just about every podcast that covers the Hornets and all over Twitter and all over Facebook that somehow in, on some planet people believe that this franchise will be better off with Kemba if Kemba leaves. And I I cannot wrap my head around that, that people actually believe that in, I understand that he's probably going to have a huge contract, but these are the same people that were all okay with the contract we gave Batum, and I, at least Kemba's earned it, and at least, at least you know what you're getting from Kemba, you're not, you know, he's, he's proven over the years that he's continuing to improve. He's continuing to work on his game. His numbers keep getting better and better. And yes, I know he's 28 years old. He'll be 29 next year. But the dude's never injured. He he understands how to take care of his body. That's clear. And I think people are so gun-shy because of the Nick Batum contract and the the amount of basically wasted money that that is. Um, that people are gun shy to pay Kemba, which I mean, in on one hand I can understand, but on the other hand, that doesn't, I mean, you can't, you can't run a business like that. You can't run a franchise that says, you know, well, we paid one guy and he screwed us over because he doesn't play very hard. So we will never do that again. And I mean, that's, that's not how you run a business it's certainly not how you run a team uh we're seeing that this team has there i understand they're in cap you know hell or whatever but that literally lasts one more year batum's on there for two but after next year there's like 43 million dollars worth of uh things coming off the books and that's that's a big chunk of change for a team that's heading towards a youth movement. 
And I don't, I don't see how people believe that it's better if we lose Kemba because then we'll be worse and we'll let the kids develop and then we'll draft more young people, young players, and hopefully we'll get a stud and maybe you know he'll be an all-star. How is that any better than keeping Kemba and having the kids get better and continuing to draft the, this, this fallacy that a top five pick guarantees you anything is, is one of the, the most predominantly wrong ideas in sports. You can go up and down every draft that, you know, there's always guys that either are a complete bust or they just become role players. I mean, we've got two of them on our team. There's actually three of them on our team. Cody Zeller was a fourth pick. MKG was a second pick. And I think Marvin Williams was a second pick. I mean, these are three guys that they've had solid NBA careers, but they're no game changers. And now we're so convinced that we should lose because that's what's going to... We should let Kemba leave so we lose because that's how we get to the promised land. And that just doesn't make any sense. Um... There's team after team after team out there that has been in the perpetual tank mode for a decade. Is that really a risk you want to take? You want to let the best player in your history and probably the best player that you're going to have for at least the next 10 years, you want to just let him walk so that you can hopefully get some, hopefully draft someone who gets to be as good or better than him, maybe. But with about a 75% chance that they're never anywhere near as good as Kemba. The, the way to build this team and the way, to, the way to give yourself a chance to become a contender is not to start all over and have to find two stars. Because that's the, the, the thing you have to realize is that you have to find two stars in a relatively quick time frame in order to contend because these rookie deals get expensive. You're going to see it with the, the, the 76ers. You're going to see it with the 76ers. They're, they're going to be up against paying their two big young guys, and they, now they have two other guys that are free agents. Just watch. Just watch what happens. That's why they went all in on this year, because they know it's going to be a lot harder to make those, swing those deals later, and they could be left holding the bag. You know, they could be left with uh, giving up all those assets for those two guys, and they both could bolt. That's that's the harsh reality that they're going to deal with, and we would be setting ourselves up for a similar fate if we manage to even get the two good players. You know you're going to have like the 12th pick probably this year. Next year you're going to be bad, but you're not going to be biblically bad because you still have veterans on the roster. And that's the thing is if Kemba leaves, what are you going to do? You're, those, those guys that you're going to opt back in, we already know that. 
So they're still going to be on the roster, so you're just going to sit them? And then you can't even even sign anybody else to fill in because there's no cap space. So you're basically going to run it back with the same team minus your best two players at $105 million in cap or in salary. And then the following year, so let's say you get a top five pick. So you have a, a young rookie as a top five pick. Uh, Malik Monk is going to be, <laughs> his contract's up, so you're going to have to make a decision on him. And then uh, Dwayne Bacon, same thing. So you're already going to be getting into having to pay guys if you think they're part of the future of your franchise without a star. So you're already up against it. I understand the... Actually, I don't understand. I don't understand wanting to let a guy leave because you're afraid to pay him. But the only reason you're afraid to pay him is because you paid a lesser player. You have to learn to just let that go. That's not. There's nothing we can do about that. That was a terrible contract year. We got screwed. As fans, we got screwed. But you, you can't honestly go into every year going, oh, I ain't paying nobody. All the teams in the playoffs, they all have max contract players. And not, not, not very many of them are, you know, are homegrown. It's a lot of them are either through free agency or trades. Well, we don't have any assets right now. And we don't have any cap space. So we can't do either one of the other ones. So our only option is to try and draft one. And this, it took us, I mean, this last decade, we drafted one player who turned out to be an all-star. And that's the guy we're talking about letting go. It just boggles my mind. Um, uh, on the positive side, really liked what I was seeing from Miles Bridges late in the year. Having that, 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 that swagger to pull back and hit the three. Because if that three comes with his ability to drive, that's dangerous. Um, and Bacon is proving that he can he can score in the NBA and guard uh, a couple positions. Devonte really needs to get in the gym working his jumper because he's gonna get, have open shots. But uh, from a passing and taking care of the balls aspect. He does a great job. Malik Monk is Malik Monk. I'm I'm I I've seen enough, but everybody you know yells when I say that. But I've seen enough. The kid's just going to be a gunner, and we don't we don't have the <laughs> we don't have the talent on the team to have somebody who can just come in and shoot like that. So uh, I would really like to see them try and package him to get off one of these bad contracts. Maybe he'll flourish somewhere else, but at the at the rate of growth that he is showing, he it's not going to be in Charlotte. Um, I I liked what I saw, and Frank played great. You could see that in that last game, Frank the moment was a little big for him. Uh, he was a little t a little more tentative in that last game, and you know my guess is he won't be here next year. 
because they'll probably offer him, they'll tender him an offer of just the one year, whatever the contract is, three and a half million. And somebody will come in and probably offer him two years, and then the Hornets will just let him walk. But it, it, I don't see this team being better without Kemba in the next five years. And then what? What you know? What if you don't hit on somebody, which is the re, which is the statistical reality, is that you won't hit on. Maybe you'll hit one out of five. You're right back to being who you were, except the fans have had to endure three or four years of losing seasons, and not just losing seasons like we've had, abysmal seasons, painful seasons, where you're winning 20 games, 23 games, and and that doesn't help. Part of the young guys playing better and playing well was the fact that they were playing with somebody who can run an offense and somebody who can draw attention away from them so they have an opportunity to flourish. If you put... That's why Borrego always had, in those last games, always had either Kemba or Lamb on the floor because they needed somebody to create to help those guys get shots. If If you don't have that... They're not going to look as good. They're not going to play as well. And they're not going to develop as quickly. So, to me, pay Kemba. I don't think he's going to get the Supermax. I don't think he's going to get All-NBA from what I'm seeing. But, who knows? So, if you don't have to give him the Supermax, you're well able to re-sign him and then go through next year Get draft a big that can rim run and play defense and run out that young crew and and let everybody get better and then the following year you're ready to actually make some noise as opposed to the following year you're ready to win 23 games. Uh the uh, there's not a lot of of positivity around this team right now, aside from the young guys, and I'm also seeing a lot of these articles, including the Charlotte Observer writing an editorial about how the fans need to let Kemba go. Um, that That's just dumb. One, I can't stand any time anybody writes something or puts something out there and they don't put their name on it. To me, that's cowardly. Um, and the other thing is, don't tell the fans. I mean, whether you want Kemba to go or not, don't tell the fans how to feel. You know, the fans have watched this this guy grow and become one of the best point guards in the league. It's pretty hard for fans to just turn that off. To just be like, I went, oh, I cheered for him, but I want what's best for him. Which, that's great if you want what's best for him. But we're not, the, the fans are not the ones that built this team. 
we're not the ones that that <laughs> that brought in these players. If you want to, you know, be mad or point fingers at who needs to step up and take responsibility, look at the franchise. That's that's where the the problem lies. It doesn't lie with the fan base. The fan base, they're going to like there are fan bases begging to have a star like Kemba who is fairly selfless and, you know, good in the community and doesn't complain, doesn't wear smart ass shirts and then act like somebody dresses him. Um so there's there's fan bases all across the league that would love to have Kemba and wouldn't want to let him go. So for for any entity that has Charlotte in the title to expect fans to put away their fandom and just look at it as, well, Kemba deserves better. It's like, well, so do the fans. The fans deserve better. The fans deserve to have a team that they can cheer for on the court that's not wasting the prime of the best player they've seen. The fans deserve to have something to be excited about besides a jersey, besides a new jersey or a new floor. Like, can we, can we, are we done with that now? They did a great job. I mean, the jerseys are sick. I own them. But that, that, <laughs> that whole idea is starting to wear thin. You know, are they going to do the 31st anniversary court next year and do a different court and come out with another jersey to try and get butts in the seats if Kemba's gone? Because the bottom line is nobody's going. So, as we sit right now, we don't know anything. Um, so, that's pretty much where we are. It's kind of depressing. Kind of frustrating. But we'll find out more in the coming weeks. We'll see what happens with the draft. You know, maybe they'll get lucky and somehow move up to the top three. Or our luck, somebody behind us will jump us and we'll end up with the 13th pick. But uh, I haven't really delved into the, the draft stuff yet. All I know is I want... I, I am... I don't want another guy who's going to learn how to play defense in the NBA. That's one thing I don't want. Uh, I want a big. I want an athletic big who can dunk the ball. And he doesn't have to be a stretch big. Let's just let's get somebody who, who can rebound. Let's get a Clint Capella-style guy. A jumper can be learned. Defense and athleticism is never learned. It doesn't seem like it. It seems like either you know how to play defense and you have that style or you don't. And the other thing we need to do is we have the extra second-round pick, which I think is going to be like 35 or 36, that they need to hit on this. This is how you'll build a better team, is you need to hit like we did on Bacon, like we did on Graham. When you can come up with two players per season out of a draft. That's how you build a deep roster. Um, those are the, un, you know, the, the stuff that doesn't get talked about enough in the draft 
Everybody looks at potential and who's going to be a superstar and all that stuff. But the teams that win consistently hit on those second-round drafts more often than they don't. Because those are the guys that fill out the roster. Those are the guys that are on team-friendly contracts that come in and play their role and fill in when need be. And the Hornets went through a long stretch. A long, long stretch of not having any second-rounders. I mean, they, went up, they didn't get first-rounders either. But none of the second-rounders came through. And that, that's, that's what happens when you have that lull in your draft. That's how you end up having to overspend in free agency. Because instead of having that homegrown talent that comes in and gives you 15 minutes off the bench and does their job, you end up paying somebody 7 or $8 million a year to fill that role. And that is how you... That is the biggest thing when people say, we can't afford to pay, you know, pay Kemba. You won't be able to build around him. No, you can build around him. You have to hit on picks. And you have to have guys on rookie contracts that are actually playing for you. So you can pay your star. You can pay a secondary star. And then the other guys are on cheap deals. That's how you build and win in the NBA. And then as those guys get older, that's why you have bird rights to go over the tax or over the cap to re-sign them. That's that. I mean, we're going to probably lose Frank. And that's a stretch of three or four years that all of our first round draft picks, either we traded or are gone. That's a bad stretch. And if you don't hit on second rounders at the same time, that's where this team went wrong. That's what that's why we had to pay Tony Parker five million dollars to come in and be the backup point guard because for three successive seasons we've had to put a fill in because we haven't drafted anybody who can play until now where you have Devontae Graham. That's what those second round picks are for. Uh, and as far as Tony Parker goes, I don't think he's coming back. I hope he's not coming back. Because, I mean, if Kemba's gone, he's not coming back. But if Kemba comes back, there's really no reason to spend $5 million on him. He was completely gone at the end of the year. And he's not going to get younger. And Devontae needs that time to, to play. So hopefully that, that experiment is done. Um, not that he didn't play well when he could play, but... You know, there's no reason to have him on the roster. And I'd rather have a have a two-way player or a, you know, bring up a, a G-leaguer and see if you can hit on something than having a guy who's 38 years old just sitting on the bench. So that's my random thoughts. We'll call that good for today. Uh, just at least it's spring, right? We got that going for us. So take care and we'll talk to you soon.